Hello everyone, I'm Lana. I'm Suze. Welcome to Black and Brown Rice. We created this podcast to share the world how we see it through our black and brown lens. We will be covering everything from civic engagement, news, and the culture as we know it, see it, and consume it. Bringing you truth, perspective, and a little laughter too. We hope you join us for Mealtime Weekly. It's going to be delicious. Uh, what up, guys? You know, welcome to our Black and Brown Rice podcast. We've been gone for a minute. Now we're minute. here. Mm-hmm. And it's Black History Month. Um, I hope everyone enjoyed their time off from us. But now we're back in action, so make sure you're tuning in. Okay, sorry. <laughs> that yeah, sounds tune in. Bully like. Uh, but like, I tune in and strap in because, I mean, it's, it's been a heavy, it's been a heavy time. It has. January short acted like it had somewhere to be can Mm. you believe january 2022 is now in the books but my oh my did it not come with some stuff truly definitely a hard month for me personally and i think for you know a lot of folks in the community too what was what was going on with you too much change at once um uh new position uh very stressful because i'm trying to learn on the fly um, and, uh, thesis writing is in full swing and your girl overcommitted doing an internship, trying to get academic credit. I'm out here doing too much. I'm taking years off my life. Um, so, uh, so my mental health is not great. Uh, I truly, when anybody asks me how I am, my response is, yep. How are you? Cause like, I can't even broach the subject. See, and I think that's so interesting, right? Cause that question gets asked a lot. People ask, how are you? Half the time, we may not even be paying attention to the answer or quite truthfully, maybe even care to really know in that moment. But I think it's important for whoever is being asked to be truthful in what it is they're going through if they feel to share it. Because at the end of the day, if I ask that question, I truly mean that. And I want to know like, hey, how are you really? Not how are you? I'm good or I'm okay or like, something very basic and non-committal like oh I'm good okay what does that mean let's let's unpack that like are you good right now good for the moment good for the foreseeable future like and what's contributing to that you Mm -hmm. know I always want to be a safe space for my friends and those I connect with and I think that's something I want to work work on being better at this year um especially with my personality the way I am very direct very straightforward and matter of fact I know it can maybe also come off as flippant. And I want to be very intentional in asking that question. It's like, hey, what's going on? Um, because whether we realize it or not, people always say, you know, check on your strong friends. And that's true. You have people who are in circles. Everyone has a label. And then you have that friend who's there for you, shows up for everything, is there to talk through whatever it is you need, leaving a lasting impression and you know you can always go to. But does anyone check on that person in return? Do you ever ask, hey, what's going on with you? What's new with you? Do you need help with anything? And that sort of thing. Because as you know, like clearly you saw last month, especially towards the end, we were getting hit with these celebrity um, suicides. Like Chesley, and I hope I'm not butchering her last name, Kirst, K-Y-R-S-T. I think her death hit me different. Um, We know suicides happen a lot. Uh, especially during the pandemic, I think our eyes were open to seeing how, how much more, because I think the pandemic was an increased ex- an accelerant in people's mental state. 
um, especially those who may have been social and then were and were then confined. But Chesley really hurt me because she is a woman of color, Miss USA. And when you look at her Instagram, because I was guilty of doing that, I was intrigued. Like I heard some, I heard she killed herself and I needed to see what was her life, right? And we all know Instagram and social media is curated to show people what you want them to see about yourself, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about like, this is what I enjoy doing. This is what I like. And you look at her page, she's an, she's accomplished. She's an attorney, very active within um, making impact within the justice system and for civil liberties. She was a, a TV host. She had her own blog promoting, you know, diversity and embracing your true self. She was active. She had friends. She had family. Like she had posted recently. She had just done a shoot. And then to see that she posted like the day she took her life, you know, may this day find you rest in peace, I believe is what her last um, message was. It really hurts because when you look, when, when you see, and I hurt for her family as well, like when you hear what everyone had to say, she was a light. She left a lasting impression. She had such a great personality, right? And you hardly ever hear people speak ill of the dead, but still it is a constant theme with people who I hear commit suicides that, especially celebrities, because you know, their business be out there more than anybody else. It's like, really? they were so great. But the question is like, how are they really? Like, were they going in and screaming into a pillow every day, still not finding happiness despite pouring happiness into others and checking in on their circle and being that, um, being that role model for their circle? Did she have a therapist? Was that helpful? Like, was, was like to, to jump off a building, I can't imagine what her mental state had to have been in. And I know I've been rambling, so I just want to get your thoughts on it. I mean, I, I, I think for me, it, it's like the, the immediate thing I have to combat is like, oh my gosh, but like how, but how could they have been feeling this way? Or how did we not know? Or how did, you know, why, why weren't there signs? The woulda, coulda, shouldas. And um, it just reminds me that like, you just don't really know unless you ask. And like, like you're saying, like intentionally ask based on, um, Chesley's Instagram, everything's chill. I mean, shoot, based on my Instagram, everything is chill. And so there's something about like us as a, as a society trying to normalize the, how are you as a space for a real temperature check, right? Like a place that can actually be like, I'm not doing great, but I'm here. Right. Instead of like, I'm fine, you know, but like, Ch I woke up in, I mean, you know, I'm on the um, Pacific standard times. And so I woke up to like a breaking news alert in the morning that, that she had stepped out of a window. Um, and uh, I was stunned. I was stunned. And then what's, what, what were you remind me, you were telling me about the, the headline was, was very interesting for Chesley because it was not. Yeah. It didn't sound very direct. It was like 30 year old passes away after fall from window or yeah. something, something like that. And I was so, like, oh, that's interesting. Um, what does that mean? And then I'm looking through it. I'm like, she committed suicide. Like, mm -hmm. why have we not said straight up 30 year old woman, um, 30 year old woman who appears to have committed suicide has now been identified as this person. 
rather than it be that be the headline it was 30 year old passes away after fall from window well if it was intentional i'm going to say i can i could possibly see that being a thing but let's call a spade a spade and not try to bury what it is don't bury the lead like Mm. Like, because like, kind of more. In, it sparks further inspection into mm-hmm. um, mental health awareness and how that drives up and contributes to the suicide rate. And of course, you know, suicide touches everyone in every community or across all ethnicities and nationalities. But when it comes to Black women in particular, there's something to be said with how we are perceived in society as the strong black woman and what that what that means and translates to and then our mental health awareness if we're expected to be that person for everyone and it's like oh you know black women can handle it they can do it that strong black woman is is really like a scarlet letter in a sense mm-hmm. like it's basically if a, we can pretty much do whatever because they can handle it and that's just not accurate you know I was right. reading an article my friend said, I think it was entitled Put Down Your Cape. And it's like so, so prevalent. Well, and there's um, there's a layer of emotional labor that mm-hmm. we're still trying to work on reminding folks who are not Black that exists, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like the labor of the, the daily microaggression or mm-hmm. the daily... Uh, misogyny whether it's black misogyny or not and it's just misogyny as a whole Mm -hmm. Um, you know the barrage of that extra layer to have to navigate and also not be reactive to it because stereotypically our reaction is outside of the European centric norm Um, so it's exhausting so I, I I would say that like I'm not surprised that we are having an increase in depression. I am, I am saddened that it means that like we will probably lose more people from the community and we have. And what's tricky about how to talk about the suicide is that like there's this nuanced conversation that I'm not fully a part of that is happening in um, like the mental health realm about how to call it and what to call it. And uh, there's even talks about uh, like not using the word committing suicide, but like performed suicide or died by suicide versus saying committed. Um, ah. and I, and um, I mean, I've even heard like in a couple of like more modern shows where they're using, where like there is a theme of suicide where they, where they were using the term that somebody stopped living. And for me, it's like, okay, I get it. And I'm not sure where I sit yet with like wanting to just take the term suicide away from the whole thing. I understand that it can be really triggering for a lot of folks. I mean, I've, I've got people in my life that have died uh, this way, but I, I think, I think I, I think I want the transparency, right? I think I'd want to know versus someone telling me that somebody just stopped living. Yeah. I mean, cause everyone has to stop living. Let's be clear. But what was the mode? Everyone has to stop with, oh, you stop living. Okay, so did you get hit by a car or did you die of cancer or did you decide to take your life? Now, the committing suicide, I am pretty sure is rooted in the whole homicide sort of thing. Like, oh, this person committed Mm. a homicide. You committed a suicide, which is, you know, an aggression or an act against yourself. 
But yeah. I can understand the died by suicide. That I could that that could make sense. Person yeah. died by suicide. If we're trying to change a narrative on how we articulate suicide in this day and age, that's fine. But it's not taking away from the discussion that needs to have need to be have had about what leads up to someone coming to the point where they want to leave this world. I mean, the other one that shook me was when uh, we found out that Regina King lost her son, Ian. Yep. yep. I was, I mean, and I, and I did the thing. I was like, oh my gosh, he has so much going for him. Yep. Like he's doing this and he's making moves and like, he's a DJ and like, oh my gosh, how, how, like, how is Regina feeling? And like, like, how could they, I don't understand. And it's like, I got I got to, I got to silence all of that. Cause at the end of the day, this person is gone and, mm-hmm. and the sadness is I'm so sorry that there wasn't someone or something that could be there to support mm-hmm. during that time. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's, it's real. Like what? And so that's the thing too. I wonder like, how do their friends feel? Like, how does that work? Like you're around this person continuously and you may, and you missed it. And it's not because you, it may not have been because you weren't paying attention. It may have been, they were just that good at disguising and concealing their true feelings. Cause the other thing to realize is people o- also only show you what they want you to see, whether that's on social media or in person or via FaceTime. Some people are just really good at it. Some people aren't. Some people you can see like, Hey, you're off. Like what's going on? Like, you know, but some people are just good at, look, if I project it, if I like fake it till I make it, or if I put this air out that I have everything under control, then I don't get asked questions on how I'm doing. Cause it's kind of implied or a foregone conclusion that I'm okay because I appear to be, I'm laughing with you. I'm kikiing it with you. I'm I'm giving you advice. Surely you're in a good mental space. There's no way, there is no fathomable way that you are struggling with anything if you are able to fully engage me in dialogue, give me advice, be there for me, celebrate me, tell me jokes about what's going on in your life, it's called compartmentalization. And some people are very good at it. Hella good at it. Hella good at it. Especially people pleasers, right? Like like someone that can give and give and give and please and please and please. Like, you know, I put myself in that box too sometimes. And like you feel good and you feel purpose and you feel like nourishment helping other people and if you're you know combining that with being a workaholic or maybe you have like really unhealthy boundaries about like self-care then like you know it begs the question like oh so at the end of the day after you've people pleased and you've given and you've given and you've given okay but how are you like like have you put have you had water like have you taken a moment to give yourself gratitude have you showered are you eating I mean you know all of these things I just think can stay hidden under the surface. And I also think that the really hard truth about it is that like the resources are out there, hotlines, prevention lines, text, there's free therapy. Now there's free support groups. Now it's, it, it is all there. Yeah. And yet, and yet there are going to be folks who are not going to be in a place that can, they can reach out for that help or step in to get that help. And, and we lose them. And like, that is, that is a discomfort that I think like we as people are going to, we as a society are going to have to get really comfortable. We cannot problem solve that somebody chose to leave this earth. And like, we have got to get used to sitting in the discomfort of that because that's embracing the aftermath and the feelings of loss. And that's, that's mourning grief, right? 
Yep. And then also just knowing as long as we like doing everything we can to set up sources and parameters in place to help people address their struggles. Yeah. And knowing to your point that even with that, it is not an end all be all. It's not a great big solve. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people just truly struggle with being here on this earth. And it's like, but I just think through people's last moments, like it's the scientist in me, but I'm not really a scientist, mm. just trying to understand the human mind on how, you know, how they, how you process, like, what were your last thoughts? What led you, drove you to this final point of I'm done? You know what I mean? Like that in itself is, is something. Right. You know, we want to have the closure, even if it's not happening to us. Right. Which is totally understandable. Yeah. And also just to help you from a perspective of like your circle and your friends and how you, how you interact, you know, are, are we genuinely checking on those around us to see how they've been doing, how they've been faring, having that discussion? I I mean, we could all do it a little more myself included, you know, (laughs) but yeah, dang, our black history month opener is heavy. I'm going to keep on keeping on y'all. Um, I want to continue on what it feels like to have closure, which I think for, uh, black women, when it comes to the missing and the human traffic, we don't really get that closure. Um, and I know the indigenous community can feel, um, our struggle on that as well. And I wanted to talk a little bit about what in the hell is going on in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Because there were two people. There were two. There was Lauren. And then there was a 53-year-old woman. Why is her name escaping me at the moment? I can't remember. Um, Oh, I got you. Brenda. Brenda. Brenda Brenda Rawls. Yeah. So Brenda and Lauren, they said it's around, if not on the same day. Mm -hmm, Same mm -hmm. police department. Mm -hmm. One of them hung up on the family members inquiring about the status of the case. Oh, yeah. Someone make this make sense for me, please. Ooh. And thank you. I please like make this make sense. Just like a full, just a full mishandle for me on Lauren Smith's fields case. Um, found unresponsive in her own bed. And I understand that the person that she was with called 911. Okay. Good for you for doing what it is expected of a Samaritan to do. Um, I actually haven't been able to confirm the person that she was with. There are some news outlets already claiming a name, but the police have not made a decision or a confirmation on that. But here's what I do know, which is that like homegirl went on a date a couple of days prior to this event. And the last person to see her alive was the person that spent the night in her apartment. And that person automatically did not become a suspect or person of interest to the point where the detective that was working on this case told Lauren's brother, according to Lauren's family, don't go jumping to conclusions. This is a nice man. So what you just told me is don't go jumping to conclusions. This is a white man. That's what I just heard. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I just heard this is it a white doesn't man. doesn't make The assumption of not guilty and being able to be proven guilty is a luxury that we will never understand, which is why we are able to ask like, hey, how is this person not a person of interest? They were literally the last person seen by default. That's an automatic, unless they have a airtight alibi. 
that doesn't make sense. It doesn't and make any sense. Like, oh, he's a nice man. I don't know what his niceness. Ha- Ted Bundy appeared nice as well, but his nice as hell was killing people. So Absolutely. I have no idea what that means. He was a nice man. That means nothing to me. That right. That's not going to make. What it's not going to make mean? sense to me. So it sounds like this detective is off the case, but I just like, I want to remind Not people, <laughs> I want to remind people like how, how many of these types of detectives are probably out there due to a lack of national oversight on certain precincts, forget state oversight, but national, and that we don't have citizen oversight on when this happens. There are citizens who don't, who do not get to sit on oversight committees and voice these concerns and have a say in how these people continue their work but here's also what i want to address suzanne Mm. why is it that things have to get social media popular before you see any work being done girl this took a month had to be in the social like people brought up her name on tiktok instagram various social media outlets for months Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. before any we were getting any sort of feedback or input it takes us constantly having to raise awareness of these cases publicly for it to receive any due attention. Because I'm here to tell you, I have no faith that had this not been brought to light via social media, mm-hmm. that this case wouldn't have already been closed. Uh, same. Like the, the the police department is saying that they made the decision to investigate further after they got the statement from the state medical examiner's office, which was that they found they're finding the cause of death to be an accidental overdose. And I'm sitting here like, I'm sorry, you waited for that news, but you had received the news from Lauren's family that there was blood on the bed sheets and that there was unidentified narcotics or unidentified pills in the apartment. And they asked you to take that in for evidence. And your only response when they continue to call and ask about a follow-up is to tell them to stop calling you because you're working on it. Bye. Bye. That doesn't even... But you know what? My mind goes in SVU mode. Okay, so accidental overdose, narcotics. Has he been on a date with any other body besides Lauren in the in the past that persons end up dead? Or we don't look at his history, right? Can I can I get None can I get that? a timeline of his whereabouts? Can I get a timeline of past dates? Can I get a warrant to go ahead and search his apartment because if He's they nice had been seen. Uh, he's a nice uh, man so like that already just gives you that already gives you not guilty he's a nice man like I will also say that I find it really alarming that it takes this long to get results um Brenda Rawls who also died on the same day as Lauren which was very suspicious I was reading that story the other day and it was it said you know she told her family she was going down to her down the street down the street to see a to see a man um Mm -hmm like a friend or acquaintance or I, I don't remember how they phrased it and said same said man said oh you know she she died what what oh she like, died so she died but no one thought to yeah, I got two problems with this. I got two problems with this. The detectives did not make an attempt to notify her next of kin. They went One. ahead. Yeah, they went ahead and tried to move her forward as a Jane Doe. And two, a oh, homeboy, you live down the street. You live down the street. And you also knew her name. So how how are we going to even let it go as a Jane Doe? How are we going to Jane Doe? That doesn't scream foul play? That doesn't Uh, scream there's something amiss? Ooh, I'm telling you, this kind of work is not good enough for me. Not good enough for me. It's the hurry up and wait. Moving into some updates on Travis McMichael and George McMichael, which 
for a second, this was a little touch and go. I wasn't sure if I was going to have good news for us. And I wasn't sure if I was going to have bad news for us. Um, but for right now, I'll at least give a shout out for the federal bench who is kind of helping to keep what I think is a very reasonable sentencing in place. So since we've been gone, Kelly Clarkson, Travis McMichael and Greg McMichael were sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. I'm going to remind everyone again, Travis McMichael and Greg McMichael killed uh, Ahmaud Arbery, Arbery for being black, um, for being That's black. It. That's it. Point blank. This full stop for being black. Full stop. It all sounded like everything was pretty good to go. Um, the sentencing was going to continue. They were going to stay in state prison and um, shout out to the lead prosecutor for really going to bat for that. Um, but here's what's. Here's what's interesting for me. The lead prosecutor asked the judge to deny the possibility of parole to the McMichaels. Thank you for that. But she argued that they had displayed history of vigilantism before the killing and reminded the court that they ended up calling Mr. Arbery an asshole. And for me, I mean, are we really going to call this vigilantism? We I guess it's the fact that they didn't say black asshole is probably what's making it vigilance. Is it <laughs> that B word? Because I, right. I am clearly I know. struggling. I'm same um, here. <laughs> because it's very much giving stop and frisk. It's very much giving, um, I'll kill you now and I may or may not ask questions later, or I'll kill you now, then proceed to go home and watch TV while consuming a TV dinner and wait months. And I do mean months before social media brings it to the attention of everyone that this person died because he was black and they did nothing to assist. But vigilantism, I'm pretty sure I still messed up the word. I got uh, you. Is not vigilantism. To- right. I'm sorry, but like, I don't, I associate yeah, vigilantes, vigilantes. They were not. Yeah. Excuse me. I associate that with Batman and honestly, nobody else. So moving on. <laughs> So then I found out this past Sunday, January 30th, that the news broke that federal prosecutors had reached a plea deal with Travis and Gregory McMichael on their federal hate crime charges. So what they were going to do is, based on this plea agreement, they were going to transfer the boyos over to a federal prison. Um, I don't know a ton of difference between state and federal, but what I do know is that federal has better living conditions. Um, The reality was that the plea deal was going to give Travis and Gregory a little bit of a lighter time behind bars and the community was not having it. Social media was not having it. Um, I mean, Ahmaud Arbery's mom was not having it. This is an example of where I think the social media also may have helped because it was kind of all hands on deck, like, hey, this is a huge betrayal and also quite disgusting that you would now try to figure out a plea deal. So you tried to plead not guilty in front of the state, and then you got worried about that sentencing. And so now you want a plea agreement for your federal hate crime charges because you're worried about dying behind bars. Uh, Too bad. So sad. I don't have tears for you. Luckily, this past Monday, January 31st, a federal judge rejected, rejected Travis's plea deal, but we're still waiting to hear if they will reject Greg, his father's plea deal. That announcement is going to come on Friday. So by the time y'all hear this, it's just all going to be old news. At that point, there's going to be a new update. 
it's a double back for me. I, I'm trying to understand how are you going to prosecute and win and then look for leniency? Not only that, but they did not give you those people pleaded not guilty. That alone made the work harder for you. So why the hell are we coming back trying to help them? Self admit, like admittedly, they have no remorse for what they did. They're just sad they got caught and they got brought to light. For me, I'm like, what what are you are you trying to avoid like another TV spectacle? Are you are you worried about your name, federal prosecutor, being attached to this case and that it's gonna haunt you for the rest of your life? Is like, is this even about if is this anything, even about Ahmad? It should make their career. They were able to win a case in the favor of someone who was wronged and no longer living because all he ever did was be black. Right. It's the leniency. It's the leniency for me, the leniency on a lynching. I'm not going to make us say that 10 times fast, but it's the fact that you want to be complicit in being lenient to a modern day lynching that, that I don't have time for. And I know, I know we have the energy to do better for victims. And I know we have the energy and capacity and resources to seek justice for assailants because we watch this shit happen all the time when it is not a black man's life and death on trial and they're not even there to be a part of it and we don't even remotely have that energy when it is a black woman's death we're about to come up on the anniversary of brianna taylor come up on the anniversary of brianna taylor and i'm here to tell you that i still sometimes troll attorney general daniel cameron to this day to remind him about brianna taylor that man can literally sit in comfort and said silence and the courts have been silent too just an iota of this energy redirected would be oh so helpful. Can't say that we're going to get it though. Do you feel better though? I do. I was really upset, but I feel better now. And now our future is black. I can share some good news during Black History Month. Now I've taken everybody on a journey of heaviness and sadness, but the Supreme Court Justice Stephen Breyer is retiring and Lana just said it, the future is black. Black and female. Oh, so true. Biden pledged that if given the opportunity, he would nominate the first black woman to the Supreme Court. Thank you, Apple News, because we have a list of possible candidates. Well, so hold on. Did we really? Can we just pause to reflect yeah. and live in this really quick? Did we really have to go through two conservative picks to get to one black female? Oh, oh, we really did. It's going to be very interesting to see. I'm interested to see how this plays out. Oh, and I forgot to answer your question. We had to go through two consecutive picks because Mitch McConnell is still alive. Mitch McConnell won't die. Do not bring this man's <laughs> name up to me. Do not bring him up to me. He is the absolute, and I do mean the absolute worst. I uh, do not care for him. Do not care for him at all. He's just the worst. The wor- And he's still, the, the fact that he's been in office since before we were born. Suzanne, I know. I and for know. anyone who wants to know, we were born in 89. He's been in office since 86. So like, I need to understand why are you still there? And not only that, but you're there and not affecting any change. All you continue to do is align your pockets and make self-interested decisions that help you and everyone who's giving you money to continue peddling the same nonsense you've been peddling since you've been in office. Correct. Or like push around procedure or bend procedure so that it works for you. No one plays chess like Mitch McConnell. Mm. It is in so crazy to me to watch the House and the Senate like filibustering. I'm just like, you realize if the situations were reversed, this would never happen with a Republican. They do not care and they take no prisoners. For some strange reason, the Democrats like to look at stuff closely and appear to be objective and 
apparently tap into reasoning that allows them to align with the Republicans' agenda. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, you will hardly ever find a Republican leaving their side of the aisle to come over to you. Oh, no. They'll be dropping their bill at like midnight and it's 500 pages and they want you to read it before you go vote on the floor in like three hours. And they'll care and will demand demand a vote. But we can plan something out and just have it just chilling for months. Mm-hmm. For months. Like that is insane to me. So when we talk about politics, are you Democrat? Are you Republican? To some degree, they're opposite ends of the same coin. There mm-hmm. is maybe one that I would prefer to be with more than the other, but that's only if you're forcing, like telling me I don't have a choice. Like right. I have to pick. Because pack, I need to understand the they're both ridiculous. And <laughs> I, I often wonder if some of the Democrats aren't just clothed as Republicans to stack the deck forever in the Republicans' favor because it well, makes no sense to me. I mean, Kristen Cinema, no Kristen Cinema, and Joe Manchin are. Um, I'm confused why they're still a part of the Democratic Party. I don't understand it. I can't help them see the light, so we're stuck. We're stuck with them. It makes no sense. Like Mm-mm. it is actually very annoying, and it gives you the. It really just injects a defeatist atmosphere. How how so they you make this push to vote and you tell the people yeah, vote for me and I'll get in there and I'm going to help with loan forgiveness and um, we're going to uh, reparations and you're mm-hmm. throwing all of these things out there, but you all get in and then are blocked. Like you you tell people to vote because it'll make a difference. And I'm not right. saying it doesn't, but then you get in there and you're not helping. Like there's no moval needing and no needle being moved in the direction that's supposed to bring about true change. Yeah. Instead, you're getting... Um, we're getting sidetracked with having to go to individual states that are trying to, uh, um, they're trying to stop pe- suppress, suppressing voting, making oh, yeah. it more difficult for people to vote, not in their face. Like my mind is, my mind is really just blown by it all. If I'm, if I'm being honest, it's, it's very hard for me to wrap my head up around and politics frustrate me. Because that's all it is, it's politics and it's a game. Everyone has an agenda of what they would like to accomplish or what they say they will accomplish, but then it gets there and they can't do it for one reason or the other. And the Republicans continuously piss me off in how they're forever playing games. And Mitch McConnell is the reason why I just can't. Like he is, it's like he makes the rules. He makes the rules. I feel like he's creating rules as he goes along. It only right. makes it applicable to him. But had the had it been reversed, he would have been talking about Democrats being irresponsible. There's there's there, he would have drugged them through the mud to the Correct. point where they would have succumbed to pressure. And mm-hmm. then whatever it was the Republicans were talking about, but let it be reversed and the, the Democrats just over here pondering. What right. are you pondering about? Right. Move. You have the majority for as limited time as possible. Do something. Like what are you doing? Why are we getting um, hung up? I'm so confused. Lana said, move, get like, out literally, the way. Move, like get out. Well, I'm here to say that like this list of possible candidates that could replace Justice Stephen Breyer is 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 a big move. And I think like, I, I don't know how it's going to go. Um, ooh, ooh, but ooh, ooh. <laughs> I don't know how it's going to go. But the list is impressive. And Mitch I have- Mitch? Mitchell around I'm interested to see the antic he was able to get a Supreme Court justice put in right at the end right away Trump's term Mm -hmm. but gave Obama 
Well, over a year. That's what, I mean, that's why Merrick, you know, that's why Merrick was stuck and is now our AG, but that's why Merrick was very stuck. I mean, I'm not hearing any rumblings that Mitch is feeling in the, in the weeds about having a nominee. What I think is not kind yet. of broke. Right. What I think is kind of gross is that like the Democrats are going to probably be excited if Mitch says, uh, I think this is a great example of bipartisanship. Uh, but here's the deal. Homeboy. What, what did Mitch say the other day that was like so embarrassing? Somebody asked him about like voting demographics and he said something like he said something like Amer- black Americans vote as much as Americans. And I was like, because we're an- see. <laughs> That was just insight into what you know they talk about behind the scenes. Because even Obama said it one time. He said, you know, Trump talks, I'm paraphrasing because you know that's not how our diplomatic Obama former (laughs) president speaks. But he was like, you know, Trump talks crazy, but it's not too different than what is said behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. It's not. It really isn't. Correct. He's just out here in the front. I have a problem with Mitch McConnell. The fact yeah. that he would fix himself to say those words about, you know, black people vote as much as Americans. I'm sorry. The black, black, blacks <laughs> are Americans. <laughs> Not only that, but we may be reluctant ones, but they're Americans. So how dare you negate that? I could not. I was like, somebody come get him. Out of the <laughs> out of the heart, the the out of the mouth of babes, right? Out out of the overture of the heart, the truth uh, speaks. Because that's exactly what he was spitting. His truth. He like, was. like black people aren't American. <laughs> he let okay. us know. So here's what I have to say about this Supreme Court justice candidate candidate then. This is our chance and we should put the most radical person in there. I don't care how the Senate and the rest of Congress are going to vote on a confirmation. Everybody on this list is great. And I know there are a few at the top that, you know, already have experience being on a federal bench. So they'll probably be more in like the top three. I know that Judge uh, Katanji like even clerked for Justice Breyer at a time. So that's probably going to be the smoothest transition. Yeah, I mean, you can't go wrong with this list. And I do agree from a progression standpoint, this is me putting my HR hat on. It makes most sense to see, you know, in terms of experience um, on like U.S. uh, Court of Appeals um, for Judge Brown Jackson. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Sherilyn Eiffel is one that interests me a bit mainly because of her experience with civil, like being a civil rights attorney and um, outgoing president for the NAACC, NAACP gotcha. um, Legal Defense Fund. Yeah. And then um, uh, Wilhelmina Wright, so the U.S. District Judge of the U.S. District Court of the District of Minnesota. So yes. those are two people, but honestly, I'm fine with any one of these picks. I really can't find fault but their backgrounds in particular um i think would be a great addition to what (laughs) what's going on on that supreme court well and it's also like we're gonna have people that have experience amy 
Kanana Barrett. See, 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 this is what we're not going to do. We've already chosen violence for the beginning. You're and, right. And, I'm sorry. You're right. Let this. me go back. Let me go so back to celebrate. Bring up is that Amy? Because all she had to do was be a professor. What was I her heard, experience? <laughs> this is a great example of what it looks like when you when you look at someone's credentials and uh-huh. then you look at their race. Yeah. Like, she's white, and she was able to get through with just being a professor. Right. Oh. I, I'm still searching high and low and middle what? for any true court experience or her being a judge of anything. I just can't. Amy. And Amy just gets called Amy. That's all I got for Amy. Amy just Amy. gets called Amy because she's a supreme. They managed to squeeze her in, and mm. th- and this is how I know she ain't. She she is not it. This is why she's over here making all sorts of mess about Roe v. Wade. Like when there are a bunch of other things that need her attention. Uh, correct. Again, um, correct. So here, okay. So now, now, Run now up, I'm a little selfish. I definitely get the frustration around Amy, which is that this is a lifetime appointment and lifetime. And, Can you say it one more time? <clears throat> life. This is a lifetime. Like Cause you know, you know, those little Republicans on that seat ain't ever leaving willingly. Only death will take them. Death. Like our Democrats. Um, Stephen is retiring. Yeah, he's feeling he's feeling tired. I'm a retire. Yeah, he's feeling tired. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg was like, I have to hold on until I die. I have no choice. Man, she tried. And for that, I will forever, forever, forever think of her memory like Mm -hmm. positively. She really tried to hold on. She tried full fledged, full fledged sacrifice for the court. Um, literally. She would have left earlier if she knew that they were gonna do something great. But, but I but I understand the frustration about around Amy, especially when you look at the candidates that like think about the amount of work that a that a black woman has to do to get on this list. Almost almost every single candidate currently has either gone to Yale or Harvard or both or is still attending another well-renowned school like MIT or Vassar. And then on top of that, like they need to have, if they're not currently holding an appointment, I think some some of these candidates were appointed by Biden at the top of the administration of his first year to serve on circuit courts. And that is very fantastic. But for, for everyone who is currently not on a federal bench, they are either doing something apps, like they, they had to go eons and beyond just working at the Southern Poverty Law Center. Nancy Abudu is the strategic litigation director, right? And like uh, Melissa Murray isn't just a professor of law at NYU. She used to be the dean at the Berkeley School of Law. So like that we already have to make sure that we are at the top of our chain of success or our industry or our realm just to get noticed on this list. Meanwhile, you got fucking Kavanaugh who just likes beer. The fuck out of here. So I'm very excited for this list. Anybody on this list would be amazing to have. I can already tell you right now that Congress will probably not confirm Melissa Murray because my girl loves reproductive rights and justice. But I say we should have Melissa Murray on the bench immediately because of her reproductive rights and justice work. Um, But also... I have mixed feelings about like taking these amazing people away from the benches that they're currently sitting on because I am scared about replacing them. You know what I mean? Like I'm worried. I mean, that's a that's a fair call out, but like I I think we need them in the Supreme Court. 
more more than wherever wherever they are and it's not like they're going to put all of them in the position look at all these evil not everyone is clearly only one person's going to get appointed yeah that's true that's true i'm interested to see this confirmation though to your point i'm wanting to see if it'll just go through with no problem i'm very interested to see basically the interviews like when Uh they are in because that's going to be interesting all i have to say is amy See Amy for any question you got for me, because I'm trying to understand how a professor and no knock to professors. Let's be clear. My point is that's all she had to do to become nominated. Cause what was yeah. she doing? What was she doing? Right. Go ahead and see Amy's response. And then I'll that, build, I'll let me like, to build tell, on Amy's tell, response. Tell me whatever, whatever Amy said, whatever got Amy appointed. Mm-hmm. That's how I need to walk into the, yeah. that interview. What, yeah. what did Amy say? Okay. Well then that like, what, Correct. like what? <laughs> Well, I'm excited. I think that like amidst the heavy month that is January and like this, this motivation to try and like jump in with like a lot of joy for Black History Month, this was some good ass news. Like I, I'm elated. I I think, I think Biden's not going to back down. I think he's, I think Biden's pretty good at keeping, he's fairly decent at keeping He's trying and I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm, he's doing it in spite of a lot of the resistance. Because the thing yeah. is, Trump got stuff done because there was limit little to no proper resistance. Because we he didn't did have it. any. He just did it. Well, the Democrats were like, "Excuse me, excuse me, you can't, you That's can't, exact- you that can't go through." A, that is such an apt description. <laughs> it like, says authorized personnel only. You can't go through that door. He's yeah, already like, through the door. But I'm gonna do it anyway. I'm like, sir, no, you can't. Like, and it's like their voice is getting sir. smaller and smaller. I'm not with the Democrats. I'm just not with them in this moment. They are crazy as hell. Like they do not put enough oomph behind getting any anything. I I just don't get it. It Doesn't make any. Need boot kick. Just need a good little boot kick. Right in the patootie. But yeah. I know it's been a minute since we've even had relaxation time because we have been out and about for holidays, traveling, seeing people, seeing fam, uh, looking real cute on our Instagram. <laughs> I'm talking about Lana's Instagram. Um, Check me out at K-E-H-J-I, okay? I but like for travel. real. My gosh, please go check out her travel Let photos. me know where you think I should travel to next. <laughs> Ew, I like it. And so uh, I spent most of my holiday trying to watch a lot of movies. And so I have been deep in a binge, a real, a real hefty binge, probably on Netflix. Um, But first, before I start talking about all the things I've been watching, I wanted to know what you've been watching. Nothing that you're about to talk about. Yes, (laughs) I failed because I have not watched The Harder They Fall um, yet. It's still in my queue to be watched. I'm sorry, I'm not clamoring, and I know Regina King is a beast. I love her dearly. You got Idris. You have quite a lineup, but Westerns have never been my thing. But I keep getting told it's such a good movie. So I just haven't built up um, the time to watch it, Uh, mainly also because I'm not that motivated. But I'm going to get there because Suzanne's watched it, and she watches stuff on her own time, but she does at my suggestion. So I'm going to play nice and and get it together. So we'll have to talk about that. I do things at the speed. I, I mean, at my own speed, unfortunately. Oh, I know. Um, oh, I'm aware. That's why I don't feel bad <laughs> at all. 
I am biased. I love a good Western and I got really tired of watching Westerns because they were really problematic. Um, when you go back and watch John Wayne, sure are. Uh, and so when the heart of the fall came out, I was like, great, let me do a deep dive. Um, but I was also just like really surprised to see all these like familiar faces out here, like doing a movie together and having a wonderful time. And I learned mm that um the historical figures that were depicted are humans that did exist they just did not exist in the sequence of events that you will see in the movie oh that's cool but like they were real ass cowboys and cowgirls and western settlers um so regina king plays stagecoach mary who is based on the uh the real person mary fields who was a real life cowboy and former uh enslaved person from tennessee um but scored her freedom headed west and was a mail carrier from montana and back in the day people used to steal your mail and so mary fields got really good at shooting and would quick shoot while carrying the mail across the montana plains so she's epic and then um Oh, I'm forgetting his name. My Lovecraft country guy, Jonathan. Jonathan played Nat Love, who's a real life cowboy um, out of Kansas, um, who also gained their freedom and uh, left Tennessee and then headed west and like actually herded cattle, um, would like do stunts as a cowboy, like the stereotypical image of a cowboy and a really beautiful silk press. If you ever go and Google his image, great hair, great hair. And then, um, let's see, um, there's also a character called uh, Kufi or Kufe, who's based on also a real human, and her name was Kathy Williams, and Kathy was uh, the first Black woman to enlist in the U.S. Armed Forces, like, wow. officially enlist. There was another woman back during the American Revolutionary War who pretended to be a man, yada, yada, I hear you, but Kathy yes, Williams is the first- true. Yeah, and but Caddy Williams is like the first black woman to enlist and the only woman to serve as a woman instead of hiding as a man in the U.S. Armed Forces as a Buffalo soldier. So she is a badass. So you should, watch, you should watch The Harder They Fall. But I, I kind of wanted to keep in sequence along the, the lines of history because I did watch Women in the Movement. And it's uh, a series. Ooh, what is uh, this? It's on Hulu and ABC. Okay. It's, I think they're doing installments. The first installment was a six-episode uh, short like a six episode season Mm. walking you through Emmett Till's case. I'm here for everything from, you know, when he was born Mm -hmm. to when he died. And I'll tell you what, that brought me to tears Mm. when I watched, cause I learned some more things about the case that I hadn't known before. I didn't realize that the sheriff tried to discredit the fact that the body wasn't even Emmett's. even said to the point like oh you wouldn't be able to notice that it was his body there's no way to notice because it was so disfigured after being in the water for so long that's terrible and shot him and shot him in the head even though the mother said i identified him as who he was the coroner even got on when he was on the stand said oh i'm not sure if that was really emmett when he had said originally that it was but I think he was also upset because she was never supposed to see the body. The sheriff wanted them to just bury him with no, with the mother not seeing the body at all because he didn't wow. want it to become a case. And then, so then here that woman make up what happened and all the things she said he did, which would have been impossible because Emmett suffered from a stuttering. 
Like, so, especially when he was in nervous situations, it came even more prevalent. So there's no way that he would have been able to successfully say everything you claimed he said. Not only that, but there's no way he would have touched you. She claimed there were so many things. And so when I look now, because I think she tried to say how she was sorry, she did what she did. I don't give a damn. Oh, I don't have, a I don't have it. is dead. She's not. She's you, not sorry. She won't testify. She won't make a new testimony statement. She's not sorry. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, it does not matter to me. So is all um, of women of the movement heavy? It, 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 like I just, just watching the beginning was fine. You know, like the first episode or two, it's, mm-hmm. you know, cool. You're seeing him do what a little boy, a 14 year old kid does or whatever. But from the time he went with this, what really hurt me too is the fact that his mother didn't even want to send him with this right. uncle that right. summer. Right. didn't want to send them because they were living in the north mm-hmm. and he knew that was more progressive than the south and she did not want to do it but she did it because Emmett begged and she knew she needed to let go imagine letting go and then your worst fear coming to light right and so it was remarkable to see her as she went through her emotions mm-hmm. and processing the fact that her little boy was dead and the decision, the intent, because we'd always heard about her intentional decision to leave that casket open so people could right. see what they did to that boy, what right. they did to her boy. <laughs> but when I sit and think about that story and the fact that this woman lost her child because of ignorance, and then I saw how that court case played out. Because the other thing, too, is like we're watching this court case play out and we know what the outcome is. They get off. And then to know that they pretty much confessed after. They were acquitted in a sense, like in Mm -hmm. a roundabout way, still peppering it with stuff to justify what they did to a 14 year old helpless child, because that's what Mm -hmm. he was, is insane. And then when I look at the jury, so the, the, the judge gave this perceived, this perception of being fair, and he wasn't going to allow the woman to testify the, the, the store owner, she wasn't supposed to testify originally. And then the defense asked her to still testify but her account be stricken from the record and then the jury not be able to hear it mind you a jury of all white men okay so you already knew where that was going sure. so but because of how casual things were and there's no such thing as jury tampering i guess in that day and age <laughs> even though her testimony wasn't supposed to be considered or put on the record you know people went out and talked about it the people sitting in the courtroom went and told the jury so that mm-hmm. solidified their decision it was crazy. And so even when you looked in the jury room, there were two people who abstained and one person was like, I mean, the mother identified that that was her child. He's like, well, um, one, of the, the juror, one of the jurors said, oh, she doesn't know that that's her son. I mean, Negroes don't have chest hair. That's literally exactly. So, I mean, again, very well done. Women of but the movement. Definitely okay. took me on an emotional journey just when I sit and think of the violence that's been done to Black people in this country. And to also know that that wasn't that long ago. I, I want to, I just want to leave that right there. That Correct. wasn't that long ago. Correct. It wasn't. It's just a reminder that, like, you know, the civil rights movement, uh, the Black Panther Party's attempt at mutual aid and community and protection, um, any of our Black leaders that we've lost due to assassination, whether planned or 
supported by the government or as a result of the government turning a blind eye or as a result of the government marking them as a most dangerous and most wanted. And then our children, like all of our kids that we lost because you decided to see them as, as adults, as grown humans and yet subhuman, subhuman enough for you to feel that you could stuff out their life, you know? So I guess I'm going to add women of the movement to my list and watch it by myself so I can cry. It's, 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 a, it's a rough one. I still need to start Wonder Years. I'm very behind. But that's oh, because I haven't I've been- watched it. That's one that I'll just have to binge. I haven't watched it in a while. I do need to tune into it, but I have to watch that one in Our Kind of People. Oh, I keep forgetting Our Kind of People. I gotta add this to my list. I went on a tangent and started watching all of Ted Lasso, so. Oh, did you? How was that? Um, it's very sweet and very warm and, uh, yeah, it feels like warm bread and so people can't see my face. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like I just uh, asked for so little and you, you did so, so little and so much at the same time. Well, I have one goal for black history month, which is to find some joy during black history month. I think I'm still going to have really horrible mental health for a hot minute i, I um, think that needs to be a bigger goal let's sit why i need baby joy. steps man i would almost like to say every day but every month do something for you do something that brings you happiness whether it's sitting on the couch and binging a movie or binging shows for four hours because you have to do your thesis and manage your internship and wrap your head around this job. Yeah. But something that breaks you away from the norm. If it's you getting in your car and driving for maybe not in, not in Cali, but you might have better traffic where you are. So I might maybe drive for an hour and back, take a walk in the park, do something for you at least monthly. If you can't do it daily or weekly, yeah. Just to well, help you. Don't I think that's the goal. This month. Well, I think I got to baby step it, you know, because like right now. Yes, that's why I said every month. Well, damn, girl, that's an aggressive deadline. Every Is 30 days. Deadline? Yes. There, Let me just get through the first 30. 30 days minus February. Yeah. It's not that hard for you to find one one day in the month for like an I'm hour just, or two. I'm just saying asking me to repeat it in March might be a little different. We just don't know what that will look like. It could be Girl, worse. It could be better. To do it. I don't know excuses, <laughs> actually. Now I'm bullying you into doing it. Like the hell is about? It might be different in March. I don't even know what the hell that means, Suzanne, but that's very true. So, um, I'm but I help you. I, so you just let me know how you. I can assist. Well, I think I think I think what it will be is is binging binging black content i think it's going to be my joy um for okay. the month because i do be love a good movie black content that you you binge. oh yeah it, yeah don't what, go heavy what will re-traumatize us or right, is right. it stuff that will bring you joy make sure you have a balance and this that's for true. everyone out there um one of my goals for 2022 is to find a therapist um, oh girl because it's same. very 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 important but man it'd be it's hard, hard. Oh, it's um, hard. It's hard to find a black woman therapist that, that is on my network that plan. That right there. That right ah. there is a difficult part. <laughs> that right there is a difficult part. Um, so we got to see. Um, we got to see. Yeah. So hashtag yeah. get a therapist. I like this. I like this journey. So yeah, that's kind of that's kind of the goal there, and just you know, continue to to work on me and and evolve. Um, yeah, pretty much it. But guys. 
you know, make sure you're taking care of yourself, uh, holding space for you, your feelings and to process and reach out, find that person. Even if they're in your friend circle, they're not in your friend circle. If it's your therapist, whatever, whatever that may look like. Normalize that struggle because I think COVID told us the real truth about our grief and depression as people. So we might as well sit in it and listen to a black artist while you're doing it and Venmo a black person while you're doing it and give reparations. Cause at the same time, I don't want this to be a heavy month, a heavy month of reflection, but uh, please don't forget black history month could go ahead and just be 365 days of the year. But for most of you, I'll remind you it's right now it's in February. I mean, I'm black 365. So it's black history month every day. However, you know, America claims black history month is February. So that's what it is but black history 365 is this the point where i say happy black history i hope you all are being good to yourselves take care um empower to the people 